gentlemen, it's that time of the week, that time of the evening, that time of the day, who knows, for you it could be any time. It's welcome to the latest podcast of the Global Frequency. It's been an interesting week again, as always, even though we're stuck inside our homes and it's been staying outside today, lockdown is still on. So it's been our duty to stay indoors, except for those people that just don't seem to care. And they went outside, had a good time, threw some snowballs, some people even dancing out there. It's fair enough. It could be their daily exercise. But me, I stayed away from that cold and the horror of which um, not getting to the final scene of that movie could be for me. My name's CJ Rock, and obviously this is a global frequency. We'll be discussing Brexit, COVID, and all the little things that might have gone unnoticed throughout the week uh, during the show. If you'd like to comment, please do just message us uh, later on in, during the show, and we'll, we'll maybe put your comment to the co-hosts or myself and see if we can come up with an answer for you. Now, today I am joined by TC and JR, as I've got you here. How are you doing, gents? Good, thank you, sir. Good, good. good. Thanks. Yep, very well. <laughs> nice to have you back. Both, both, some of you at different places in the world, none in the same room with me, but I look forward to the end of the, the lockdown for when we can gather again. So I've been stuck indoors all week. Um, I've had time to catch up on so much stuff. It's been ridiculous. It's been a bit of a struggle at points, staying active, though, I have to say. How have you guys found it? Have you, have you, have you been, um, has it been a difficult journey for you both, or, or are you all right with it? I know both of you have kids. I have the perk of only having a sister, but you guys have kids, so it's a different story for you. But how have you been finding it so far this week? Tiring. <laughs> but I'm always tired. I'm always tired, guys. Kids are four, aren't they? So they're crazy. Mm. But yeah, uh, apart from that, yeah, you know, week's been all right. It's just, um, it's just been a bit tough. Uh, mm. I think I just lockdown. As much as I, I, I respect how important the lockdown is, mm. um, I just want COVID to go away, and I don't mean yeah. that. In a, mm. Do you know what I mean? I just want to, I just want to be able to go to a normal job and do normal things, and not, mm. not be stuck in this sort of rigmarole. Although I'm guessing COVID even when we have the vaccines, isn't going anywhere quickly. But anyway. How about you, James? Yeah, doing all right. Yeah, uh, active with, uh, uh, with with the child, of course. Yeah. Keep, keep him well, keep myself busy. Good, good, good. Well, unlike the nation we're in, which seems to be falling apart via every day. So um, with the COVID the COVID-19, even with the cure, it looks like the end of this isn't on the horizon anywhere. But COVID has always had a major effect, not just on people who've caught it or, or and survived and people who, who have had to live in lockdown, but on the various systems of this nation. And a lot of people tend not to take much attention to, to them. But it's, it's, it's one of the things that we are literally facing a, a dangerous situation in our illegal system in a justice system, which this government's made a big deal of changing laws to make them better and the rest of it. But we are actually looking at a situation where a lot of crimes aren't being investigated properly. A lot of court cases, there's such a big backlog that some court cases won't even be starting until 2023, um, which has a knock-on effect in terms of other cases and investigations. But nobody, nobody again seems to be hand, uh, holding this government to account. Now, some of it is due to um, COVID in the sense that a lot of judges are being struck down, but this was an issue even before 
that happened before COVID struck, that there was a massive delay in lengthy weights um, in all stages of the criminal justice uh, process. Now, for a government, like the Tories are usually seen as a government, the, the government, the party of law and order. Um, but jo for me, Boris Johnson's never been known as someone for that. For you guys, um, how do you, why do you think it hasn't had an effect on the way people see this government? And are you law or order people? Do you think that, you know, do you think it's a serious situation? Nobody else does, seems to think it is. Um, and when do you think people start noticing how bad it is? If I can throw that to you, TC, first. Um, weirdly, I listened to a programme on BBC Radio 4 probably before Christmas about this very thing. And they were talking about the criminal justice thing, how COVID was the main reason. Uh, obviously, as you're, you're correct, it's a backlog system anyway, um, because there aren't enough judges. So, um, but the COVID stops the, oh God, the jury coming together. So mm. it, becomes, it becomes a massive problem. And they were looking at solutions during, I can't remember which year, I think it was the, I want to say it's something like the 1700s or earlier than that, where they brought into quick courts, which basically over a two to three year period, they brought in um, sort of judge reps, people who were trusted, who weren't judges, but were mm. given the same powers as judges for a limited period, something like three to four years to clear a backlog. Um, which was one of the options that was being talked about. So I think the criminal justice system in the UK is antiquated, um, but it is still a legal, you know, it's still a legal system, probably actually one of the best in the world, as far as I'm aware. Um, and I think it needs to be respected, but it needs to be supported. The problem where we're going with this case is unfortunately it will need more infrastructure and more money. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And this is the the issue that we're going to be having a lot of with, with most of the industries that, you know, with Brexit going on as well, as well as COVID, you know, the problems are that, you know, we need more infrastructure. And, and because we've tried to streamline everything and send everything out to, I don't know, to private companies so that, you know, supposedly it won't cost the taxpayer more because civil servants get it all wrong or government-owned things get it wrong. We haven't got the infrastructure there because obviously most of the time anyone who's a, who's a third party, a private company, will be will mm. come in, but they'll, they'll put, you know, they'll run, run a personal a company ragged and possibly not even provide the correct service. So I think infrastructure and we need to make our systems within the United Kingdom as I suppose for the rest of the world, we need to make them stronger, more redundant, so that things can't go wrong, or they're more, you know, they're stronger, so they can deal with crises like this. What about you, James? The, the whole thing is concerning. I mean, it's just a, another function of our society that that is being crippled uh, through the the pandemic. Uh, and it's almost like one by one they'll start to kind of come into the firing line of, of this pandemic with the with the ultimate hope that it will get better this it will go away the the um the way that we were living uh will come back and that's what this is all reliant on mm -hmm. and yeah there was a big talk of the new normal uh you, you know i'm talking like six months ago yeah it's going to be the new normal well yeah. it it that phrase isn't so much around so much, but it's just a, well, how, how can you work out what the new normal is going to be even now when 
you know, our normal is everything seemingly begins to crumble around us. Our yeah. criminal justice system, our fisheries, you know, ju just to kind of tie two things together there. But as far as pushing the legal system back and it being so backed up uh, because you can't get juries together, you can't, um, I know sentencing is taking longer, all those kinds of, kinds of things. You're going to have very weird situations where people who are convicted of, of maybe two years who, mm. you know, haven't, haven't gotten bail uh, ha are found guilty and then released because they've done their time. You know, mm. the, the, the weirdest set of, oh, I, you know what, I, I don't know. It's really sad. And, it is tragic, and I can give yeah. you I can give you an example of how tragic it is because you know I, I don't want to gloss over how bad this is. It's, it really is a situation that uh, this month a judge at Can Canterbury Court refused to pass the custodial sentence on a man who had pleaded guilty to downloading unspeakable uh, images of children because of a five-year delay it had taken for the prosecution to get the case to court, in which the judge described out as outrageous negligence. Um, another aspect of this is that um, the delays obviously put, if you're, if you're a member of public and you're a victim of a crime, it puts you at danger um, if somebody's not getting prosecuted, let alone if they're in, in jail or whatever. So I think, uh, you know, as an overarching subject, yes, it, it, it's difficult to tell, but I think getting closer to it, it just sounds like absolute lunacy. I mean, you know, surely it's a case of just getting right. We need to have trials. If we do have the evidence and it's just backing up, why aren't they using Zoom? Uh, you know, why aren't they having more cases over having juries over um, Zoom? Why aren't they having those sort of things put in place? Because surely, you know, getting it done is more important than, than not. And getting these people put away. And again, it's another example of why Boris just, I don't know what Boris is. But it's just another example of ever since he's been in government, let alone the Tories, but ever since he's been in government, it just seems to be an, an, another step to neglect upon neglect upon neglect as he focuses on things that really aren't helping the vast majority of people in this country um, that actually voted him in, unfortunately. So, uh, gentlemen, moving on, as you do, I do, have tried to avoid, unfortunately, the... the um, Unfortunately for us, you know, with lockdown, it does seem like there's only a few things that are going on in this world at any given time. There's always a smaller story in between them. But the horrible beast of, um, of, of Brexit has reared its head again um, into our world. And I, you know, I am one of those people who will try and find the positive in Brexit in, any, in most situations. Um, but with Brexit, I've yet to find any any silver lining. Not even this this the, the passport, the new blue passport, which which some people look at dreamingly. Have I looked at and felt in any way, shape, or form good about it? And the more I, I hear about the Brexit, the more corruption seems to come up, or what I call corruption, and people call investment, seems to come to to the surface. And one of those things that. Um, arrived, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. Is obviously the fishing industry we mentioned last week is in trouble in the UK. The Scottish, more than most, who are losing, I think, a million pounds, um, a million pounds a week, or, or uh, yeah, I think it's uh, no, a million pounds a day on, on stock that they haven't been able to sell. And 
a few of the the, the biggest noisemakers for Brexit are saying they've got like a month before they get a business in the in the England itself. The government's now said it's going to invest in a region of like uh, like millions, 40, 50, 60 million into the fishing industry in the UK. Isn't that bribery? Am I wrong? You know, they did vote for Brexit. They did say it would be a chance to be really innovate, innovative, but the people who voted for it and it's affecting, you know, are getting a lot more out of it than anybody else who didn't want this. Isn't it, at that moment, well, isn't it bribery? Yeah. Well, to, to put a pun on it, even that amount of money for an industry of that size, uh, even though it, it's not substantial amounts of our own GDP, it's a drop in the ocean. You know, mm. to keep that going for any sustained period of time whilst um, sovereignty in the way that they wanted is regained o- over, the, um, uh, over the, the waters to be able to fish correctly and then transport. But, but mm. they hadn't quite thought far enough ahead. And we're now seeing those kind of bite-sized videos. I know us guys have been sharing those around between ourselves of kind of the heads of the fishing industry just saying, um, yeah, this was a mistake. And uh, to have a five-year um, uh, period of time before um, what they were expecting to actually comes live, well, it's too long. And mm. then by then it'll be too little too late. Therefore, what were you expecting if, if you were going to be voting that way? Suddenly, you know, oh, we get all our fish back. It's f- phenomenal. It's amazing. But then, you know, the concessions that, that are in that, in that deal, unfortunately, I haven't read the entire 2,000 words of, of that deal, but the concessions that the UK have had to make on such things as fishing um, are crippling. Yeah. Not that not that we're not feeling, you know, completely crippled by the current state of affairs anyway. Just the Brexit is a, a, a very, you know, dark bit of icing on the cake that we that we don't really need right now, amongst all the other things. I, and I, I know even even before this uh, um, uh, the, this call, we were all ch- chatting about the fact that then you're having calls for independence yet again. You know, mo- most of Scotland claiming that they wanted to actually be in Europe, and then Wales have been um, uh, wanting independence for for many many years as well. And you know, the way Northern Ireland actually is currently is. Um, uh, might as well be independent, considering that the border is really the other side, is in the water and not on the island of Ireland anymore, in reality, if, if you think mm. about how, how, how things are, uh, how trading's working. But it's like, what did you expect? Did you not <laughs> think further than the day Brexit lands? That's it, we've got what we wanted. You had no visibility and you were given none. But still, it was it was the right thing to do. You, you know what? Ship yourselves all over to the US and get involved with the Proud Boys or something, and, and go and storm a building. You know that, that that that's how angry I am. It's like just get the hell out out of the UK and yeah. go and do something worthwhile in your life rather than fuck it up for the rest of us. That's uh, <laughs> what says it all, but. I look, I totally agree with you. And I, I think I've avoided getting angry. I'm just, I'm so deflated right now with the entire situation. Because, like I said, every the more I read, and no, again, I, I, my biggest concern is nobody seems to be holding the government to account. 
not even within a Tory party do they seem to be holding the, 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 the government to account. So, because the Labour Party certainly aren't going to by the looks of things. And the more I hit, you know, if, if it was any other party, I'm sure people, it feels like people would be holding it to account. TC, how do you, what do you think? Um, number one about the, the money to, I don't, I, th- I think fishermen and quite a lot of people that are being hit by this, the issue between, you know, um, trade going between the EU and sovereignty of waters and all this stuff. I, 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 without sounding patronising, I feel sorry for them because I think they're realising that they were, were lied to. Uh, mm. And I think the reality is biting and it's biting down hard. And lots of these industries, they're going to disappear or at least they're going to disappear from the UK. And then obviously they're going to be picked up by some multinational who's going to pay yeah. someone a lot of money to get the contract so fi- fishing in itself will disappear from small fisheries unless there's actual reform in the government as in like michael gove could say that a quota of fishermen local fishermen are allowed to fish this etc etc uh, in their local waters that's not happened also the figure that the government stated that we got a third of our fishing back quota back from the eu was incorrect we actually got 8.32 percent back mm. so we've got eight percent more or eight percent eight point two percent more than we had previously so it's not a massive fucking difference if we're honest um i do feel sorry for them and i'm glad that re- reality is biting and now it's about lobbying and trying to inform themselves on how we can go forward and to make the country better um small business i think lots of small business owners are suffering the same thing especially if they import to the eu because remember boris said this was a free trade deal that's not true. Although there's not m- massive tariffs, that tariffs can be put on there. There's a hell of a lot of paperwork and red tape because Brexit was meant to cut through red tape. And actually, there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of red tape to go through. And it becomes a real problem, especially for, for livestock. So for the farming industry, um, we're going to see more problems coming, coming down the road. So the more we go into January, February, more supermarkets are going to start to suffer because they haven't been you know they can't stock up that's why we had massive uh, problems at the uh, the at dover and in kent um before christmas so i do feel sorry for them um what was your other question cj what should we do when does like... the money that they're putting into fishing now and areas like i know sunderland received 80 million before brexit actually happened um but when does that money that they're giving to those areas which again voted heavily for Brexit, and yeah. I might add the reason why I'm angry or upset or a bit just drained from the whole thing is that all those areas that didn't vote for Brexit are also being affected. People are losing their businesses. People are struggling in in a similar way to the fishermen or in, to a lesser effect by Sunderland. But, but wasn't these turn around and going? Yeah, to but their, wasn't the whole hey, thing? Here's, here's your millions. Wasn't the whole thing? Was that? We knew from the off that the, I mean, we saw, we read reports and I think we all had um, about that the people that were going to suffer the most from Brexit were people who voted for it in those communities, in the rural communities, those seaside towns. We already knew they were the, gonna, the ones who were going to suffer the most. This is not news to us. No, but this I'm saying they're not the ones happen. who are suffering the most. I'm saying well, the no, people they who are actually suffering the most. No, no, no. They're, the fishermen, their industry might disappear and all the rest of it. I don't mean that that isn't suffering, but the similar things happen to people 
that were actually doing lots of diet trade with Europe, who had oh, their, yes. the people whose businesses are literally going to disappear by the end of the month, who may not have been fishermen, but they didn't vote for Brexit, but they're, 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 and they're experiencing just as much red tape as those shellfish seamen in, in Scotland are. But because it's not a big industry in the sense that fishing is a big industry and you can see it, you can calculate, you can value it. Not like um, Doris in the southeast of England who was selling furniture across what is now our border into France and all the rest of the places. She now can't do business in Europe. Um, and, and that's what I mean. It's, it's, it, the, the fishing industry isn't the most heavily affected. It's everywhere else but... But it's going to devastate them, don't get me wrong. So, for instance, the music industry, you can't get visas to travel across Europe. So that means that they're going to start losing money. The music industry makes a ton load more money than the fishing industry has for this country for at least a good half a century, right? But now that that is going to be made that bit more difficult and that bit more, less cost-effective. I'll, so I'll, the, I'll be honest with you. Mm. I still don't see how the music industry... I mean, I think we're all going to suffer. I don't think it's just it's, it's just can't pass. Yeah. What I'm saying is that the fishing industry yeah. and very possibly the car industry, not not Nissan, as we sort of mentioned before, but the car industry will suffer. Yeah. Um, but someone who sells furniture is going to suffer. I'm just saying that the communities are, who are around this fishing, they're the ones who voted for Brexit mainly. I'm not saying yeah. that... They, the only ones, but they are definitely. If their industry and livelihood disappears, Curtis, then they'll be on the dole. They'll have no work. They'll obviously. It, it, be it, it's it's the perfect way for a, a large European uh, fishery, no, mm. no matter wh wh which country that, that's along that border, to then scale up. Because they know that maybe they could lobby the governments on the border, controlling mm. the border, to squeeze what's coming in. You squeeze what's coming in, you make it inedible within 24 hours. Therefore, yeah. you can't, they can't sell it. Therefore, there is more internal sales and, and uh, opportunities for um, internal sales within Europe because they have the infrastructure there. You know, th th there are corporations and organizations that play these kinds of uh, geopolitical games for, the, the, um, for chasing profit. That's exactly what they're counting on. The, the, mm. this, the, this thing that we call Brexit that is going to hurt the UK considerably, it's kind of breaking us up. It's, it's destroying us. And yeah, the, the, the people in the fishing industries who uh, in, in their mind thought, you know, let's go through a little bit of pain, then, then we'll get there. They didn't think of the geopolitical um, atmosphere that we, we actually do live in uh, day to day uh, and we'll be completely screwed. And, and one, yes, it's, it is their fault, and then to, uh, I, I don't think we can really compare it to the music industry, um, aside from uh, earning money from gigs, which they can still get, get, get a visa and have, you know, uh, whoever do the admin for them just to spend 90 days at a time, come back for a bit and, and go again. Um, and, and there'll be many uh, of those bands doing that kind of thing and breaking the law and, and not really caring about it anyway. But then we have the Internet. The, the fishing industry cannot be saved by the Internet. You know, mm. it's just it's just not possible. Um, so I I, th I think I think there's. I mean, there's that's a different kind of fishing, isn't it, James? It's a different kind of fishing on the internet. It's um, very different. And there's a lot of money on that too. Yeah. 
uh, potentially a lot more money. So, so maybe they should just go, go and get themselves a certified ethical, ethical hacker certificate and learn how to break into the European organisations that are stealing all their money. Uh, I'll phone you then, Judd. Uh, quick questions for you then, chaps. Has, I've start, uh, again, it may just be me. I haven't seen the inflation index or anything like that. Has the price of food started to go up yet? It feels like the price of food has already started going up um, quite heavily. Um, I, I maybe do a weekly shop and it's it, instead of costing me like 60, 70 pounds, it's definitely now up to 100. How are you guys finding it? Have you started? Well, James, you're on the other side. Or, or like I like to call it the safe zone. Um, have you started to know? <laughs> have you started noticing prices or anything like that going up? Empty shelves. Has anybody had had that? Um, yeah, we've had. I, I've had. We've had like some empty shelves, but we, we do most of our shopping in Little and um, Aldi now because we've got their local to us. But um, you know, we, we've noticed certain fruit and veg not there. They, they do come in eventually it's just in the mm. same quantities not daily um so i've noticed that but literally we, we're always on a budget so you know uh, I don't have a little we, you, you, you know the, the the way i see see this going especially in the uk mm. and um it's going to be what why do those places need to pay for space anymore we're, we're um, the, the UK, it, it, especially because of the pandemic, mm. lurched towards being an online uh, industry, community, whatever you want, want, want to call it. But uh, you do have such things called dark stores, dark stores where um, they are not open to the public. They're just massive warehouses um, set up so pickers can go and uh, pick whatever's need, whatever you have. Uh, chosen online in your shopping basket today it's like uh the grocery shop of it's amazon groceries mm. really but for tesco ocado the, on behalf of waitrose if they're still doing waitrose and um, sainsbury's but there'll just be a, a lurch away from the massive sheds and why why uh do they have to um pay the money so people can go to these places anymore mm. i mean if they're gonna I just think it's going to go far, far more that way and eventually become more of a, a boutique style, or almost like we're going back to the 50s in some ways where, where we didn't have these huge stores. These, yeah. Like, um, I, I think you understand what, what I'm kind of getting to. It's kind of going to yeah. go for a massive split. It's either online and you, you don't go to a big store anymore or you go to your local butchers, uh, which is actually locally produced stuff. Yeah. Or and, and a greengrocer's and a convenience store rather than a big supermarket. And, and, yeah. and the way that that'll be spun out is those small ones will also be owned by the big ones, just they because are. they're like you know it, it keeps the you know people in the area and that they can see a profit out of it. Whereas the the local individual who's run it for the last fifty years within their family will, will just be undercut completely and will not be able to feed themselves. Mm. But if if you've got a, a supply chain that is absolutely solid. And it doesn't need to pull it from uh, from the EU, you know. Or, or it doesn't need to pull it from outside the UK a lot of the time, really. Not anymore. The, the way the technology um, is to be able to produce food, they, they'll just be spinning those things up. It's like it will get more insular, but it will end up being with the corporations yet again, mm. in the same way we're talking about the fish, the fishing industry. Mm. And um, just on the last part of this section, 
So the UK government, and again, I, I don't know if it's a joke or not. Uh, it's not a joke. Your British business, you're, you've told the government you're having trouble. Their response to you is go and set up shop in Europe to avoid disruption. Um, they've been telling British businesses to do this over the past couple of weeks. I, I... I don't know. I'm just like, again, at some point, what was Brexit to start with is a question people need to ask. They need to sit down, everybody who voted for, for Leave, okay, and even Farage, get him in there, sit him down there and go, what was Brexit? Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't moving Northern Ireland and Northern Ireland only into the EU. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the fisheries collapsing. I'm pretty sure it wasn't um, businesses struggling and i can't remember what the original issue was as far as i was can remember i don't even remember it being anything to do with the it was to do with farage's worry about foreigners with different accents um but that was one of the solutions given them to them by the government uk firms that export to you are being told to just move over to the europe do your business it's um, bigotry. It's, it's CJ. It's, it's bigotry. It's based on mm. bigotry and deep rooted anger within individuals who um, are scared of people that do not look, sound or think like themselves. Mm. And that's what it's based on. Bigotry uh, um, playing out in the political arena where people who are seeking something for themselves won. And yeah. it was it was so narcissistic the the way this has all come about. You, you're right to then go like, what on earth was this thing all about? What what was the point? What was the point? Well, the, the, the only point really seems to be people's names being etched in history, and that's kind <laughs> of it. And, and I, 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 you're right. I don't see any other point other than that. But it, it certainly stirred up the the emotions and feelings of so many people, of enough people who to, to go out and say, I want something to change. And mm. whether they realized what they were asking for change was the mm. wrong thing, mm. but they had an outlet. They, they were given a focus. Like, we know you're a bit upset. Let's give you the opportunity to express yourself about your upset. Um, oh, oh, you did do so. Now your life is going to get worse. It's like, mm. well, what, why did you give me the opportunity in the first place? <laughs> and and then it comes all round the whole cycle of why did it take uh, David Cameron so long to actually uh, perform the referendum? Is because uh, in politics as they were at the time, the idea was that this is not something that should be put out to uh, the, the nation because they would not understand the truthful implications of something as catastrophic as Brexit. Yeah. And, we, and they went and did it. You know, it's like, you know, take, take the hit for, say, for, for you turning on, on one of your policies, because that's what you'd run on, we'll give you a referendum. Um, but then we all know the blase nature of how it was treated by, by David Cameron. And then he, then he yeah. walked away from it. Like he never, he never once thought uh, the, the UK would actually be stupid enough to vote for it. Then he ran away. Um, <laughs> I remember that day as if it was yesterday. Um, TC, do you, okay, let me throw a slightly different question towards you, TC, and maybe James can jump in there. Do you think that this will at any point be reversed? 
Um, can you see, one, do you see them calling out the government for what's, what's happened? But do you see this being reversed at any point and us charging back into Europe um, like the mad dogs we are? Well, I mean, I hope so, Curtis. Um, but what, in this decade? Maybe not. Um, I think I, I think I think we need to. I think there's a lot of there'll be a lot of mudslinging now because remember everything that's wrong with Brexit, the reason it's not working, the reason that fishermen are losing their catches, the the reason that we can't ship to Europe, all this red tape from the Brexiteers and from our current government. It's got nothing to do with Brexiteers. It's got nothing to do with the government. It's got nothing to do with the sovereignty of Britain. It's all to do with Europe. It's Europe's fault. And that's going to be the narrative now for at least, what, the next four years? Mm. You know? And it doesn't matter what we say. If you put, Bor- if you put sorry, if you put not Boris Johnson, if you put Nigel Farage in a room, he'll tell you, well, it would have been a much better Brexit if, if the Ramonas hadn't got in the way. And that's what's, instead of like being honest and saying, well, obviously we weren't the biggest players in the room. Europe holds a lot of the cards. And, you know, if we want to trade with them, considering they're our biggest local market, um, then we're going to have to take some hits. If we'd stayed within the single market, it would have been something. If we get back into the single market, which I'm not sure can happen, if that happens in the next five years, that would be great. But I don't think we're joining Europe anytime soon. I think what's very telling is that um, Nigel Farage especially said that literally when we, we left, it was the end of the EU. The EU would break up. Bit countries will crop away from it. I mm. think the approval rate in Europe are the highest they've ever been from individual countries. Most of the basically all the European countries have gone up in points saying how happy they are to be in the EU from the general public taken from a poll. So I think that's very telling there. Um, I think weirdly from the 90s when, when, when I think we all grew up, there is this, and I'm sure there was an underlying anti EU feeling already. But we didn't see it, possibly because we were going to Europe a lot, like for some holidays and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot more love going around, generally. I mean, generally, I think we were trying to get on. I'm not saying it was perfect. What I'm saying is that generally we were all trying to get on with each other and it felt like a special time. DC, I totally agree with you, apart from yeah. Jim Davidson. There was, I'm not saying that, Kurt. I said there were problems. No, no, I'm saying apart there were from him. I ain't having a go. I'm saying apart from him. Remember, we had... Um, what, feed the world, live aid, yeah. Um, you know, live aid of uh, live mm. aid. Um, you had all the uh charity runs. That's uh, our generation was the um red nose day. Um, all that, those things kicked off, I think, from the 80s onwards. So there was a lot of love, and especially although maybe foreigners were seen in a condescending way. They weren't seen like you had a lot of I, charitable. I thought that changed. I thought that changed in the nineties. I thought we were just getting on, on with it. And I, again, I said I know there were problems. Now, how are we going to get back to it? I don't know. The internet's affected a lot of that thinking. The, you know, these echo chambers and this 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 right wing politics that have come back into the into the fray. I mean, all this really worries me. What's happened in America obviously has made me feel a little bit better with Biden getting in and rejecting yeah. rejection of Trump. Although, still a huge amount of people voted for him. Um, so I don't know, maybe curse, maybe the question is how many people now will leave the UK who if there will be a UK left. If, if there will be a UK left, exactly right. Yeah. Will there only be like 
England, Scotland and Wales. And it's not even really a union. You need passports. We don't get on with each other anyway. So why not? Why not fucking break up? Hey, go the whole hog. And the other thing is that the UK government cannot argue against Scotland leaving because it will be the same argument that they made to leave Europe. I, I, uh, I think it'll be about I sovereignty. Would, if, if it was any other government, I'd agree with you, but, but it's a Boris government and Boris would just sit there going, well, no, you had to vote, 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 and that's it. I, and honestly, I think this, as much as I'm, I'm not a hate on Nicola Sturgeon, I, you know, I think she's just using the independence things to cover her own failings up. It's a curse. Um, it's a party. Her party is based on the independence of Scotland. Yeah, right. it's it's based on that. If she doesn't yeah. have that, she's not a member of her own party. So she has to follow that through. That's the whole reason she was voted in. No, I, so, get yeah. I just I, I just don't see I, I don't see it happening for them anyway. I think it'll be interesting to see if Welsh Welsh nationalism picks up and also interesting to see if Cornish nationalism also picks up as we move forward, because I do believe Cornwall has the poorest area population in the whole of the Europe, let alone yeah. the UK, the poorest area in the whole of Europe. So it'll be interesting to see, because and they got a lot of European funding in the past couple of years, if, if they also decide to, to pick up their, their nationalistic further. I, I, I find, that, I find that difficult to believe. Maybe you're, you're on the pulse with some uh, some information, but I find it difficult mm. to believe that Corn will have kind of the, the lowest per capita, what, income or, you know, is the poorest um, area in Europe. I, mm. I do they, find that a received, tough one. They received massive amounts of funding because yeah, rurally yeah, yeah. they had hardly any. Is, but it definitely was up until recently. And they overwhelmingly um, voted to leave. Did they? Yep. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, what, what does the UK become? What does uh, Great Britain become? Just Britain or just England, just Wales, just Scotland? Completely separate, independent nations without a, a strong foothold in, on, in the world? You know, is, is it that bad? Is, is it such a thing where we'll end up being, might as well be like a... A sovereign nation floating out into the into the into the Atlantic on our own, you know, it, it's it's really bizarre. You know what what is what on earth is going on? I mean, the answer is we go back, and I know I know you kind of mentioned that earlier. You know, will it happen next decade or so? It's like it it was the ability to do so and reverse was always part of every legal document that was produced by the EU because of the amount of money that. Uh, the the UK had and the and the power the UK has w within uh, uh, within Europe uh, because yeah. we're, we're one of the big na nations we're one of the big four yeah. you know Germany France U UK and I, I I'm not sure who the fourth Italy. biggest one will be uh, Italy I Italy Netherlands you know yeah Spain right. uh, you know big nations but the, the the biggest ones really Germany France and ourselves. And we, we called all the shots. We had so many of our um, uh, departments, industries represented within uh, the European Parliament, for, for example, and the other infrastructures that, that are there, that we yeah. influenced those decisions. And I think it's those influences um, that we had have not been fed back to how it's actually given us a positive standing in Europe over the years. We hear nothing. I mean, and globally, James. And globally. and globally. And globally. We now don't don't have a seat at the table. We don't have a seat at any table. 
really. I mean, yeah. we, we, we're just uh, hanging on the coat strings of a bygone Commonwealth that has been eroded tremendously. And we continue to kind of, we're going to end up being like an oxbow lake. It's just going to be broken away from the main lake. It breaks my heart a bit. It's 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 horrible and it's painful to watch. I think. Um, and just for record, um, Cornwall is no longer Cornwall has seventeen of the poorest neighbourhoods in the country, but the poorest place is an area called Jaywick, um, which is in the northeast apparently now. But yeah, Cornwall. That's in the, the that's moment. in the UK, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cornwall, um, I don't know if I can type Cornwall EU poorest anymore. <laughs> so I'm not even gonna try because well, it's very. It's not part of the EU anymore. Don't 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 yeah. bother. Yeah, I just don't want to remind myself of that level of pain and get used to dealing with the fact that it literally is just it's just that you care um, from now on. It just it, it breaks my heart. What what um, I want, want to mention? No, TC, you said something. No, no, just in one of your sentences, I, I think it, it might be the answer. The world has changed since those people, you know, the generation probably just before us who began to see the UK changing, you know, changing its color, changing um, uh, language in lots of areas, you know, all these kind of changes. And then the internet came along. It's like, and then the internet, and then the barrage of, information that came with it and has continued to bombard and bombard and bombard and then you know whatever you know the echo chamber is is a massive part of this i think i think it really is mm. because whatever you think can then be you know echoed back and you think it's so much bigger than something than it actually is and one news article can be blown so far out of, out of proportion whereas yeah. back before the internet it may have been um you know what on page 25 of the telegraph a really great in-depth piece that nobody read suddenly that that in-depth piece that nobody read somebody's got a, a like a, a majority interest or share interest in that idea and then starts to propagate it and then it gets bigger it goes out to the right markets and so the idea is propagated further it's just like wow do you know? Do you know both of you? I, I remember a situation. It's before my kids were born, so it would have been around 2015, and I was in a pub in Fulham Palace Road. And I think Curtis was there, um, and we were watching the Wales England game, uh, rugby union, Six Nations, and we were all getting drinks. We were with a couple of Welsh lads. They were enjoying the, and we were with some Welsh lads we didn't know who were watching the game, and we were just quite happily sitting, just just chatting about the game and Wales were doing really well. And I went to get some drinks and these, these lads who must've been in their twenties, you know, early twenties were saying like, you know, bloody what, you know, why don't they uh, F off, well, fuck off back, back to where they belong in Wales coming over here, you know, cheering. And, and I was like, wait a minute, that's because you're in the greatest place. You know, you're in the greatest place in the world. And they went England. And I went, no, London. London's the greatest place in the world. It's where we can all sit together and have a chat. It doesn't matter where you're from or who you are. We can all have a chat. And I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that that was something of something bigger. I thought, oh, fuck's sake, lads. You know what I mean? Before we were just all, literally, as I said yeah. to Curtis in the night, we were all just out to have a laugh. The main thing, it didn't matter if you were Welsh, Northern, Scottish, Black, Chinese. Did you want to have a laugh? Right, let's have a good night. And that was it. I'm not saying there weren't problems. It wasn't like Shangri-La, but you know what I mean? As long as we were having a laugh, 
you know, and you were probably on the pool. You know, you were, you were having a laugh and you wanted to go out and you wanted a, a good time. Didn't want to hit anyone. Just wanted to have a laugh. And it was absolutely fine. And somewhere along that line, something changed. And I think that's got a lot to do with Brexit. And, yeah, and, and, and the state of the world as it is now with this right-wing movement. Brexit is a symptom. It's a symptom of that. Yeah. It's that, that, that concept that you talk of was amplified, magnified, and, and then duplicated. And then politicians who had something to say or felt in their bones they had something to grab onto that maybe didn't before you know but but it's, it's been like that at a time you know, for, forever really the manipulation of media in the right way for personal political gain whether it's the right one or the wrong one you know it, it, it's cyclical it's just the, the cycles now are far far quicker I mean we're talking you know we had Trump and Brexit and you know Boris all, all at the same sort of time and Bolsonaro how many other countries have suddenly lurched this way and that way but then it's going to lurch the other way it's just just like it's such a bizarre how quickly this stuff can happen now as long as people stand up and be counted I think I'd like to add in there though um I think yeah. it does shift a lot but if the fact that Biden won um is I think what's going to change things in the West to a degree because Biden by no means isn't a lefty okay he's very he's still quite conservative although well, I, I, I got be, from what I'm seeing no it's a CJ from what I'm seeing he's a lefty mm. what he's doing everything he's doing <laughs> he's lefty like no, he's, 100% he's diversified he's everything you know he's just incredible seen Catholic. Um, <laughs> it may seem lefty, but he's just a nice guy. And I think we haven't had just a, a, an honest, nice guy in, in that office for a while now. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's that sort of difference. I think he's, he's going to help the left out a bit, but I don't think he's a lefty by any means. I think he's still... I, 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 I guess come down to, but we come down to what, what do you mean by lefty then? Because absolutely what he's doing, in my mm. mind, is leftist politics. 100%. He might, might be Catholic. I, you know, I, I, I don't see Catholic right or left. I see Catholic as, a, a, as a, a very personal choice that is close to you, as is every religion that anyone uh, decides to practice. And it's a beautiful mm. thing. But what he's doing, you know, the first transgender Senate, you know, I, uh, on the Treasury, head of the Treasury, I, I believe, mm. um, you know, but... Uh, the, the most diverse um, cabinet the any US president has ever had, the first mm. uh, female vice president, the you know, all of these things. This is leftist. This is like the, the world going, oh, it got easier. Oh, we can integrate more. We can be, mm. be uh, with each other. And, and so this whole idea of left and right then, I think is probably quite warped. Like incredibly I think it's progressive. I, 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 I see it slightly differently. I, I think he's, he's progressive. But I, I don't see him as, as being like you know leftist in, in in the sense of as I would see a leftist would be somebody who's got socialist principles, um, who you know that that's what see, I see as a leftist. See, that, 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 that's the thing. You know what I mean, I, mean I, I don't. The, I, don't, the, the moment I, I see start, him more as progressive than, than anything else. The, the moment you start seeing a kind of socialism is the epitome of left and that's, you know, mm. go hard left and that way. It's like, well, that, that, that's actually not, not my politics either. 
you know, it's, yeah. it's actually be nice to each other and um, do good things for each other. Make it easier. Make life better. You know, it's actually mm. very, very straightforward. And I see those as leftist, yeah, if you want to call them progressive ideas. When, mm. when on earth would they need to be, why on earth do they need to be considered progressive? Isn't it just what the world is? Just be nice to each other. Do good I, I, things. I, I, I'd love to agree with you, James, but after 550 days of a Boris government um, prime ministerialship, I, I, everything I find is a bit warped. <laughs> but I will, I will try and approach it in a, with a more open mind. It is, but like I said, it's been a, it's been a tough 550 days, my dear friend, <laughs> and everything, everything is slightly warped. But I do get what you're saying. Um, I you just think I, I would call this an eaten mess. That's what our government is. So yeah. right it's got nothing to do oh, with strawberries and meringue. A white, a white hot eaten mess. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been interesting. I think I think Biden's election will change a lot of things. Just just simply at the fact that that Trump was voted out, um, I think it's going to change a hell of a lot because I think a lot of the people that came behind Trump were reliant on Trump. Yeah. And a lot of them copied what Trump was doing. And I keep warning people that the Tory government is still copying a lot of what Trump was doing um, in, in the way they're presenting their politics and the way they're, they're approaching stuff. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still doing that. And I do warn people about that. But hey, we'll see what happens. Now, moving on. COVID's still with us. It's, 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 it's wings are still spread wide. We still have one of the worst infection rates. Numbers start to go down, but we still have the. I think we're still second worst behind, behind possibly. Is that still America? Still, our, our data is still pretty rough. Um, every day things change. I think Monday we'll get accurate numbers. Over the weekend we don't tend to get accurate numbers. That's right. Um, so Monday we'll get accurate numbers, and the Daily Mail will probably change their, their headline. Oh, it's getting better. Oh, no, it's not. Um, COVID's taken a toll on people. I This week, more than ever, there's been news reports of people getting arrested and fined for having parties and socialising. There's been different calls of how to deal with these people. Obviously, I doubt any prison time is going to happen anytime soon because the system just can't take it. Um, how would you... Do you guys see an alternative in dealing with people who are breaking the rules? Um, there's been harsh examples in terms of these women who got in their car, drove drove up the up road a bit and walked around on a field with their coffee and were apparently surrounded by loads of police officers up until the point in Knightsbridge, I think it was last night, the night before, where 200 people were caught at a party and they were each fined like £800 each. How is there, you know, is there a better way of dealing with it? Do you guys... I, I Personally, don't have a better way of dealing with it other than taking either, you know, harshly taking away people's property or finding them more. Um, but that side of me that goes, maybe we're going a bit too far, goes, there's not much you can do. You know, you can put all the rules you want in place. What, and if you can't, people enforce, do? yeah, yeah, if um, you can't enforce them, what's the fucking point? Yeah, and the, the, yeah, how do you guys feel about it? Do you feel fines, uh, prison terms? Uh, taking a property, 
what how would you is there, is there any are we being too harsh on Boris in terms of um, the punishments they're handing out to people? Is eight hundred pounds too much? How do how do you guys feel about it? If I start with um, start with James on this one, do you think they need to do more in terms of stopping people from going out? How are they doing it in Portugal? Is the army out or is it like uh, that you you even in lockdown over there? Yeah, yeah, Portugal's in in lockdown, mm. and they they are fining people, and you can't go between province, provinces either. Um, but the, the Portugal actually had their elections today, and it was very yeah. carefully timed. That originally, about two weeks ago, when Portugal went went into its lockdown uh, for this year, um, the schools were going to close, uh, yeah. and then suddenly. Um, the the day of the lockdown moved one day uh, one day further before it was going to happen, and then the schools are suddenly open. Uh, and then on the fri- last Friday, uh, it was announced the schools will actually shut as part of the lockdown. Oh, mm-hmm. and by the way, there's the Portuguese election today, actually today. So people that have gone out voting, and so it, it's been managed in a way where it's more uh, politically minded to say, well, people won't go to the voting booths because of Brexit because people will be scared. Therefore, let's make it seem like it's not as bad and keep the schools open for a period of time so it doesn't seep into their mind that they won't go to the polls. That's that's kind of the mentality you've got got in Portugal. But um, Wait, uh, hold on, just just I'm hearing you correctly. They moved. They closed the school on the same day as the election without very much notice, I presume, is, is what I'm hearing. No, uh, so um, originally they were mm. going to close the schools as part of the lockdown because yeah. uh, Portugal has been savaged by, by COVID. And, you know, as we were talking earlier, um, it's not necessarily been reported because they've only got 10, 10 million uh, people, but it's it's one of the worst places in the world, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so so, so they, they're being devastated by it. Um, yes, there's lot, lots of fines. People are very scared. You know, there's hardly anyone in supermarkets, hardly anyone outside. They even stopped, uh, they put barriers up at the uh, the beaches and promenades. You, you just can't, you can't even go out. They're, they're really mm. trying to lock it down because they're being ravaged. But the, the reason why they're being uh, ravaged, and I'll get back onto the um, uh, polling that's going on today, everyone's voting, mm. um, is because they, they are not segregating COVID patients from normal patients oh, in hospitals. Yeah. And they, they are uh, people, um, there have been reports of, you know, a father gone into hospital because of a heart attack, uh, winds up dead as a COVID patient, you know, yeah. and it, it's constant on the news that these kinds of things are happening. And in the uh, Lisbon, because it's being overwhelmed, has uh, decided, and this was a, a number of weeks ago, to move its COVID patients up to the northern uh, uh, northern hospitals like uh, Porto, where, yeah. where, where I'm yeah. around, and, uh, and so that the northern hospitals are completely overwhelmed and they don't know how to handle the, the problems that, that they're facing just so they can free up the um, the capital a little bit and they keep on shipping these people up and they, they're just dying in their droves. Um, anyway, so uh, Portugal's not, not doing so well. Uh, I forget what the, the original question was. Uh, <coughs> how do you deal with the... Do you think the fines are, are, uh, fines. are decent and... Or do you think there's a better way of handling it? Because um, it's only going to get worse. I, I, you know what? It, 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 if I knew that, uh, I, 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 I'd probably be... I'm working in the wrong industry I am now, if, if I can mm. answer that question. Because how, how, do, how do you do that? We're, the UK and the Brits are a belligerent people. 
belligerent. Yeah. We, mm. we will not do what you tell us to do and, unless we think we're going to get like se- severely caught or out of the goodness of our heart, we just won't do it. But unfortunately, you're talking about the, the younger generations and, you know, the socioeconomic problems that haven't just gone away, where mm-hmm. th- those parties and those raves and all these kind of things are just going to continue because they think they're immune, uh, because they can take a handful of ecstasy uh, and meow, meow, and whatever the hell the, the uh, most recent type of uh, um, social drug is and be okay. And they're not realizing and not allowing themselves to realize that they are carriers and transmitters and coming together and be, uh, be becoming super spreader events. Is mm. it, is it harsh enough? It's like, well, what do you do? You hit them in a the pocket. Yeah. But they're still going to do it. I put them in, mm. put them in prison, but what's the point in that? I don't, I don't necessarily agree with taking away somebody's Liberty just because they went to a rave. Um, mm. But maybe it should be like uh, higher fines like really hurt them. It's like to a point where I ain't going to that place because I'll have a thousand pound fine to pay over the next five years mm. or 10,000 pound fine. You know, just put it to a, put it to a place that's absolutely ridiculous that could destroy them and unfortunately have a couple of people um, end up getting hit by those, which I would have thought that the message would have got got through with the instigators or the, or what was it? It was 10,000 pound fine for the people who yeah. actually, um, businesses hosting the pies yeah. and businesses open up. You would have thought that that would have been enough. It hasn't done it. So now on the individual level, 800 quid, you know, going to take a long time to pay that one off, but what happens when they don't pay it off? Do they then go to jail? Do they go to the yeah. system and they've got the legal system that's backed up and then you've got, it's like, I don't know, mate. Really don't know. So it's a terrible situation. It is a hard then, one. I, and I do agree with you, British people on a whole, it just, it's just going to get worse the longer this goes on. And, you know, indefinite lockdowns, you know, even with the, um, the vaccine coming in, you're, we're still looking at next autumn. Um, yeah, until this is under control, uh, we, got, we got years to go, guys. And, um, and, it's not, and, it's not going away. Know, no, it's not going to go away. And unfortunately, um, I, I'm going to encourage people not to eat weird animals anymore. Which can, can I answer? Your, but, can yeah. I answer your previous question, though, Curtis? I, oh, do you yeah, know what yeah, I do? I'm going to go a little right wing here. Okay, <laughs> do you know what I do, Curtis? Okay. Do you know what I do to these people? I'd make them work for six months community service in the morgue cleaning hospitals nice. and shipping moving moving the dead unfortunately people who died of covid mm. from the morgue to wherever they get their house of rest will be you know where they'll be in which mortuary so from hospitals so they can understand or you know or put them community service they need to talk to the grieving families you know of people on the telephone you know because at the end of the day you can't see these people in person and their community service would be all based around COVID. And it's just yeah. fucked anyway. So you know, they need all the help they can get. That, that's as right-wing as I'm getting. I, I, I don't, Well, that's fair enough. I honestly don't know what i do. I think it's one of those situations, I think it's been mishandled so badly from the start that there wasn't much recovery room for the government. Um, and again, uh, I know people go, you don't, we don't know how any other government would have handled it. Yes, we do, because we've seen those governments who have handled it 
handle it and their countries are now going back to what they call the new normal. Hmm. Um, not complete normal, but the new normal. And yes, some of them being smaller populations, but I know um, China um, is, is, is a lot more functional now than they were. New Zealand, Australia, uh, Vietnam, all these countries are doing better. I just looked up the data on Portugal as well, James, and yes, it is shocking. Um, it's absolutely horrible. I'll go as far as horrifying. saying horrifying is, how bad is. it is over there <clears throat> in terms of how high it's risen um, in terms of new cases. Um, it's absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah, come back. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much like, I don't know. Look, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if we could have handled it better. I don't know if, if it's um, fair to be that harsh on, on, on Boris. But Everything I've seen over the past 12 months suggests a level of incompetence that has gotten people killed. Um, not just people suffering from COVID. I personally have lost friends due to the, 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 the not COVID, but just the attitude that's been unleashed upon this nation that all that, you know, that, that's allowed other people to die from things that aren't COVID related due to the incompetence of this government. And I think the whole thing with fines and catching people is just... It's just smoke and mirrors. Their track and trace never worked. That would have solved a lot of the problems we're having now. Um, and, you know, I don't blame... I'm, I'm, I'm angry that people are breaking the rules, but I'm not surprised. Um, whether or not we can recover from this, I don't know. I'm going to be getting my jab and um, documenting it at some point to encourage my fellow Afro-Caribbeans to do it, because apparently a lot of them aren't getting a jab due to um, a little bit of cynicism. Over, over the government, but I will be getting my jab as soon as I can, um, encouraging others to do so, because I'd really like this world to get back to somewhat normal, and you know, I'd like to see you guys again. Haven't seen you in ages, you, you beautiful bald heads, and, I, you know, it, 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 it causes me great pain, but I, I, I just think uh, if I'm all doing honest, I think it's smoke and mirrors. I think the important things are what the government's messed up on, and I think a lot more people are going to end up suffering, unfortunately, all the way into the next year at this rate. Mm. We'll see what happens. You know, Boris may pull one out of the hat. Do, do you think that the the new COVID, because they made an announcement saying that the new UK variant of COVID was mm. more, supposedly more deadly than the last, the original COVID. Um, do you think that is a way of the government saying all oh, new new super evil COVID, please take notice and don't go out? Um, if, I, if I was a conspiracy theorist, yes. <laughs> I would, I'd, I'd jump at that and be like, ah, it's a, it's a trick by the government. But no, I, I, I think these new variants were expected. Uh, yeah, if you were. listen to the WHO reports, they were expected. It was always going to happen the longer this went on. And I just think it's what it may do is get those people who, and I've seen a lot of them, who are, are, are a bit healthier, maybe don't have underlying health conditions, to wake up a little bit and actually be a bit more considerate. Because that's really be what the big problem has been over the past maybe eight months. Once the story got out there, that their um, COVID was affecting people who were older or had asthma or who were overweight, a lot of people weren't taking it seriously at that point. Um, and they were like, hey, I'm fit. I go to the gym every day. I, you know, I take care of myself. You know, um, and, and now these new variants, 
they'll take you out in a heartbeat. And there's, there's I, I, we don't know enough about them yet to know if that's the case. But from the initial reports, it may make people think twice. But whether or not people think twice, the government needs to pull its finger out of its bottom and do a better job at handling this. And it's not. And that's really where the core of the problem is, as far as I'm concerned. The track and trace, lack of, the amount of money that's gone to cronies, um, not dealing with people's worries about, as silly as it sounds, supplies, you know. Um, the supply chain scandal. Yeah. Have a proper lockdown. Make sure people are staying in or make sure people, but reassure them that those supplies will be there. It may not be the most Tory capitalist thing to do, but for God's sake, if this is a war, let's act like it. Um, you well, know, we spent twenty two billion on track and trace that doesn't work. Imagine what that could have done to feed feed, feed people. Just speak to the Germans; they managed it. I, you know, the Vietnamese managed it. And the South Koreans managed the track and trace system. Why can't we? Simple as that. If other countries are doing it, why still have? Why haven't we had a conversation with them even now about sorting it out? Because the government's given up. And although they haven't officially given up, it just reeks of it. All they're trying to do is stop the NHS numbers get up high. They're not actually making an effort to, to prepare people for what's coming next. But, you know, I didn't vote for them. So I don't know. I really, when I say I don't know, I do know. We, we, they're either going to have to call it what I call it. Um, if they take it seriously, they'll do what I call a government of national... Um, Unity. I think last time that was done was during World War Two. So you get your yep. best minds in there, no matter which party they are. And it's literally you as the government going, if, if Boris is serious, I need my best minds. I need the best people. We all need to work together. That to me would be the best option. But they're not. You're, you're, you're living in a dreamland, CJ. Hey. That party as it is is <laughs> never going to happen. Hey, I, I mean, so... <laughs> they, they have some incredible people. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, I see them answering questions on, on the news like almost every day, every morning. You know, Pretty Patel, the genius that she's turned out to be. You know, got, <laughs> oh, I, I could go on. It, be be it, careful. It, there was um, we're, we're running up to the end, right? But a great little. There's this little story about this guy who. Um, I think he was Jammer Cummings was his um was his his um name on one of the social websites. It was his little handle. And obviously he got a bit upset while watching the TV and decided to go on to uh, Snapchat. That was it. Decided to go on Snapchat and I'm relent how much he didn't like he didn't like foreigners and I'm putting it in a nice way, telling him what to do when he saw Pretty Patel. And for some reason, felt the need to mention that black men should be below white men. And in a very short time, what, sexually, yeah, no, 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 I'm pretty sure it wasn't a sexual <laughs> thing. And so far, he he said that on Snapchat. Video went viral as it does of him and his girlfriend sniggering behind him and begging him to stop. At which point, he's now he was a football manager. And he worked for a company called Stoneacre. He's lost that job and is also no longer a football manager. So, be, be <laughs> well, I know. I, I no, my 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 comment had <laughs> was about uh, displaying know, know, levels of you. competence and intelligence, <laughs> and nothing to do with, uh, with 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 race. I mean, no. Oh, I mean, no if, if there's to be pulled 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 out, I mean, it's the Tory Party. Every member of them that is mm. decide to put themselves in front of a camera these days. 
I, I yet to I, I don't know of any clever Tories. I've always seen clever Tories in previous Tory parties. Like there's always always been one or two that had some like media like although he fussed up on on um, Brexit. J, David Cameron sort of came along like he had his head on his shoulders. He was a PR guy. He was a PR yeah. guy. That, yeah, that's yeah, why he, was a PR he had guy. these sort of like had had some level of common sense about him, and there were a few others in the cabinet that seemed to. This Tory party, just I this I don't know one of them who come comes across as, as clever, smart assed, maybe oh, yeah. arrogant, like yeah. absolutely smart ass. Think they know it all, right? But none of them seem to have any. Um, I don't know, like. Just think of the names of the people, you know, yeah. Michael Gove. It's just like it makes me shudder, you know. Um, Jacob Rees Mogg. I'm like, oh, the, a guy that's so out of touch with reality, uh, but, but because of being grown up, growing up with a spoon, a silver spoon in his mouth, you know. Who, who, who's, who's, the, who's the health secretary? Who um, I, I'm forgetting his name, but I see him regularly pop up, and he's just Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock. God, I've, I've... he's a wanker, isn't he? Handcock. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's like they fucking they couldn't. You can't write this shit. Oh, it just God. blows my mind, and and, and you know the, the lack of accountability. They will never um, uh, hold themselves to account. And I know in your opening gambit for for this podcast, you're saying like yeah. somebody needs to stand up and be counted. They never will. They'll they'll never knowingly turn around and say, "Yeah, we 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 made a mess of things." No, no government really does because the moment they do that, then suddenly they're they're not fit to lead. Well, they are not fit to lead, but uh, just because they don't say, don't put their hands up to and say we're not fit to lead, doesn't mm. mean we can't go out and say they are not fit to lead. This this the whole part, all of them, they are not fit to lead. It's I keep not again, right. Rishi Rishi Sunak carries them all, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> well, oh, only I don't even know. He's the only. Sorry, gone. No, I was going to say only because he's the only one who seems to. When he's asked about a question, something he's talking about, when he's asked a question about it, he knows the figures and he knows the stats. He has a grasp of what he's talking about. His field in government. So apart from him, I, I can't name a politician in that cabinet who seems to know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, maybe you know I mean? I'll come up with a few, hopefully by next week. I'm looking at a few of them now. There's nothing much there. But oh, gentlemen, that's it's, come, <laughs> it's come to the end of another beautiful night. Um, guys, uh, again, loving your work. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Or you'll possibly listen to this on the old podcast. You should be able to pick it up from Monday at some point. And like I said, leave your comments, leave your feedback, and we'll get back to you guys. This has been another edition of the ever-loving, ever-growing, ever-beautiful Global Frequency. We'll join you next week. <laughs>